Welcome to Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Pastor Dom went from a life of organized crime to federal prison. There, God saved him and set him free. Soon after his release, he attended seminary and received his master's degree and is now the senior pastor of Desert Sky Baptist Church, where he serves with a passion for biblical theology right here in Casa Grande. Now let's join our host, Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. Welcome. My name is Pastor Dominic Grimaldi, and you are listening to Street Talk Theology. As you know, we keep theology real and we bring it to the streets. Let me include my email address if I can. You can reach me at Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail. Reach out to me. Any questions, concerns about the show? Even let me know a favorite topic and uh, maybe we can cover it. So uh, feel free, reach out, Pastor Grimaldi at Gmail. Uh, Street Talk Theology, as we have mentioned over the weeks, is about how people bring their theology to the streets, whether that's home, school, marriage, family, and or friendships. Now, my topic today is a topic that sometimes is not always discussed, but the topic of God's providence, how God works in the undercurrents of history to bring about his purposes. In fact, one writer depicts, as as I was looking for a a kind of a synopsis of what, what providence may mean, it means obviously that God is the creator of heaven and earth, And that all occurs in this universe is placed under divine providence. Basically, he controls everything. And and that would be general providence as far as the world goes. But God has a special providence where he calls and equips his saints to bring him glory. And also, by God's grace, will bring them to glory. You know, it's an honor today to have Benjamin Campbell. Now, Ben checks off a lot of these boxes that we want to cover. Ben is married to his beautiful wife, Joelle. He has a daughter named Shiloh, another baby, baby Levi, and Ben is from Michigan. And God, by his grace, has worked providentially in his life, I know firsthand. And we're going to talk about this this morning. Ben, welcome to Street Talk Theology. It's great to be here, Tom. It's an honor to have you. Now, Benjamin is currently enrolled in Puritan Reform Theological Seminary. I believe uh, Benjamin, uh, by grace, has been called to the pastorate. And I also had the honor to marry Ben and Joel. Remember that day, Ben? Yes, it was about six years ago now. Yeah. I'm also uh, dear friends with Ben's parents, Chris and Patty Campbell. When I had my brain surgery, they were a comfort to my wife and myself. And obviously, we are forever grateful. Now, a couple of things I want to say concerning Providence You know, there's many pictures or stories in the Bible concerning God's providence. One of the the ones I think about is the book of Ruth. You know, Ruth obviously came about in horrific times in biblical history, the days of judges, every man doing what was right in his own eyes. But in the undercurrents of that history, uh, Ruth comes over with Naomi. They uh, obviously, uh, Ruth meets Boaz and they have a child and that child eventually is going to lead to the line of David. So right under this world that looks like it's out of control with the judges and things like that, God is working his special providence to bring about his purpose. Um, Like I says, Boaz and Ruth would get married, have a child, and that line would eventually lead to Davidic line, and obviously we don't know after that would lead to Christ. So Ben... With that being said, as a backdrop, as a background, if I may, 
Would you give me and the listening audience your backstory of how God ordained your journey in a little place like Black Canyon City? Absolutely. So, yeah, as Dominic said, you know, he married us. It was about six years ago, but uh, we met each other quite a few years before that. So I first met Dom in 2011. It had been a couple of years before that I hadn't been really engaging in the church. I was a teenager uh, running into my 20s at the time. My dad, when we lived in Michigan when I was young, he owned a small business. And when 2007 hit, I mean, every every business kind of took a hit, but the auto industry especially. So we had some we had some tough times. We had to move to Arizona, and I, I had to know a thing about Arizona. So it was unfortunate, but uh, I think that a lot of people can relate that when you move, uh, you got a lot of stress, and one of the last things that you really are thinking about is finding a new church. Uh, so yes, yes, I push, I push that aside because being young, I had other things that preoccupied my priorities, uh, and at the time was going through a trial on my own. Long story short, I spent about two years outside of the church uh, trying to do a lone wolf Christianity. It didn't really work out too well, and I got ensnared by all sorts of sin, and my devotional life suffered, and I didn't didn't really know God for who he was anymore. Uh, God turned that around, though, one day, and through a long string of events, starting with a motorcycle wreck that uh, was certainly, certainly <laughs> painful, but yes. uh, starting with that, uh, you know, the Lord put me on a path towards uh, eventually working at a little bookstore, a little bookstore that no longer exists, and uh, working under a manager, this crazy Italian guy from New York, and I had no idea what I was yeah, getting that's into. that's me, man. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but he kept inviting me to his church. His persistence paid off. I, I, I eventually started. Italians are like that, right, Ben? They could be persistent. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and you especially. Well, I mean, you had a good reason to be persistent. Uh, and eventually, I, I did go to your church, and uh, the Lord the Lord blessed your ministry to, to me and certainly all the other people there. Uh, but just, just to put some flesh on this, you know, we, we, we spent a lot of hours together talking about theology in your office and really trying to reckon with the faith that I had growing up that— I hadn't really, uh, I hadn't made my faith real, but in those in in those days, uh, under the preaching of Dominic, I was I, I was convicted by the Word, because the Spirit of God always works through His Word, and the one sermon in particular that I recall was a sermon about Jacob, the sermon where uh, the part of Scripture where Jacob wrestles with God, and perhaps perhaps people listening can re- can remember from. Uh, from Genesis, uh, Jacob is on his way back from a long number of years being basically a slave to his uncle and uh, being tricked by him at every step of the way. And on his way back, he's, he realizes, oh, there's this, there's this issue I left behind, this, uh, this matter of my brother Esau, and he hates me. And he wanted to kill me the last time I was there. That's why I ran away in the first place. So Jacob's going back from a guy who has basically used him as free labor for 14 years to a guy that wants to kill him. So 
he's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Yeah, really. <laughs> Good job. So, but but I had always understood this moment where Jacob encounters this this man, as it says, uh, this man that he wrestles with. He wrestles with him, and the scripture says that he prevailed. And so, what does the what does the angel do? He puts his hip out of joint, and I always took that as well. Jacob won. But Dominic is preaching this sermon. He says, no, Jacob didn't win. Jacob lost. See, when Dominic said, when, when, when Jacob says, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me, rather than saying, you're not going to leave until I get something out of you. That's what I always believed it meant. Rather, Jacob is saying, don't go because I need you. If you go, you've crippled me. I, I've got nothing. I'm crippled between an abusive slave master of an uncle and a brother that wants to kill me. And I'm, I've, I've got nothing. Amen. I've got nothing. So I, I need you. Bless me. Because without the blessing of God, without the special providence of God to guide his saints, uh, we're, we're lost. So Dominic preached that sermon, and it really was transformative for me. So uh, that set me on a path that uh, really eventually led me to, uh, to ministry, uh, preparing for ministry here at Puritan Seminary. I mean, think about this, Ben. Think about this this little place. It, it was at that time it was my first pastorate, obviously, right? Working in a bookstore, mm-hmm. half time, pastoring the other half time, you coming up. That's all directed under the providence of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, you coming up and and listening to that sermon, and I, I didn't know probably till last week or the week before about that sermon. I mean, I, I just, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I, I knew that, you know, Ben is really good with audio and things like that. And he was helping the church out and writing the blurbs and things like, but it, it was just, you know, was, and Ben, you mentioned this today, we were doing a, uh, a colloquy this morning. We were speaking this morning and Ben said something profound. That's really true. You could never let look ahead towards Providence. You don't know. It's only when you look back, right, Ben, you can look mm-hmm. back and say, wow, you know, basically, can I use uh, can I use one of Abraham's or God was in this place, you know, yeah. um, and think about that. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. Black Canyon City in mm-hmm. the middle of of, of, of of everything. God ordained that for you to where he brought you back to himself. You got to you got to rejoice in that. And you got to just talk to us about that for mm-hmm. a second or two. You know, the, the God uses the insignificant things. Uh, the things that at least seem insignificant from exactly. from our perspective. <laughs> Peter was insignificant. He was just a he was a businessman, a fisherman, who made his living catching fish and selling them mending nets. But the Lord chose him, and uh, I don't think that we really are able to to peer into all the reasons why Christ chose Matthew or Peter or all those things. But what we know is Peter's response to this Christ when he realizes who he is and he tells him you've been fishing all night got nothing throw your nets overboard okay okay (laughs) throws them over and he catches all these fish the boat's about to sink he falls down on his face he says Lord depart from me I'm a sinful man amen Peter just like Jacob he's realizing he's in a he's in a desperate situation because he has no claim no claim on this God-man, Jesus Christ, which this angel, so to speak, in 
Genesis that Jacob wrestled, it was it was a presentation of Christ before he Amen. became a man. So neither of these guys, Peter, Jacob, in their weakness, they they didn't know, but they know, but they knew they needed him. They knew they needed him to stay with them. So the insignificant things, just like Black Canyon City. Uh, hey ben, what about this? What about David? Remember David? In fact, the, the Hebrew language calls him hakaton, insignificant. Mm -hmm. That's a great, great point. When uh, when Samuel comes to ordain the king, right, he's got the, they don't even invite David to the party. Right. I mean, right? I mean, he's out there tending the sheep. And, and the Bible actually says, well, we have the insignificant one. And Samuel says, bring him over here. That's who basically is going to be the king. And not even Samuel knew, right? Right, Ben? I mean, I mean, so God uses the the <laughs> the dregs of society, so to speak, right? Mm -hmm. um, and praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. So, Ben, when did you realize, when did you realize that God, I know that you're in school now and stuff like that, but when did you realize that now God was basically intervening in your life? This whole Black Canyon City deal, this whole meeting, this crazy guy from New York that's preaching the Bible, you know, where did you realize that this is divine intervention? Well, it's a really good question, Dom, and I, uh, ever, ever since I was about 14, I've kept journals. And ah, when, I, ah. when, I, when I look back on some of these journals, and I see the way that I talked about God's providence, I talked about God's providence a lot in these journals, and I would talk about it as though I was interpreting the situation. I would look at something and say, ah, this person said this clearly, that means God is telling me to do this. But that was really not providence, that was presumption on my part. Yeah. And as I look back on those things, I'm, I'm really amazed because um, to think about who God is and how from all eternity he's purposed to save for himself a people, a people like us, and then to take people like, like you and like me, people who, who presume upon his providences, who, who say, mm -hmm. um, you know, God has given me, God has given me this gift, therefore, therefore he wants me to do this or Whatever it may be, we all tend to look at our lives and in, interpret things in a way that uh, really fits with what we want rather than what God wants. Uh, so the, the key to providence then is, like you say, we can only look back at it um, because when we look back at it, we can see how God has been working through history, just as you say. So you ask what point? At, at what point did I really realize this? Well, I don't know that I can really point to. Yeah, that's, that, that's usually the case, right? You don't know exactly when, right? Right. And, and I think that's really significant because it is. It is. Um, the majority of people, you know, obviously you have to have, there has to be a sensible change, say, when you're saved. There has to be a sensible change in how you act and, and your love for Christ, your love for the church, your love for the things of God. Uh, but usually that doesn't just snap into uh, Amen. fervor. Amen. Uh, and it takes time and it takes a long string of providences. I like to call it a silvery thread. So I look back in my journals and I see instances, this motorcycle wreck, that was 
the thread moving through that particular moment. I see meeting you at the bookstore. That was a particular thread. This sermon about Jacob, that was a particular moment. Threads moving through. And even as late as 2016, I hadn't finished my degree. I was just working in a call center, just typing on a keyboard, taking calls for people. And my wife said to me one day, you should finish your degree and go to seminary. And then I get an email from a friend who says, you should, you should look at Puritan. And the same day, I get a woman who calls and says, you know, you should go into pastoral ministry and just all these little things that God pulls together at one point. And again, we can only look back at them because maybe, maybe at that time I would have said, oh, clearly the Lord's calling me to pastoral ministry. But then months, weeks, years later, uh, it may have turned out well. He was actually just using that to prepare me for something else. So we can say it's this is something the Lord is leading me towards, but the final authority in all things is the scripture. So we take our point of departure from there. Amen. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, and I'm saying this now, Ben, and Ben is a good preacher, man. I'm telling you, I've listened to him and like I, he gets um, kind of uh, once in a while, get to preach. You pre- anything coming up with you, Ben, any preaching coming up soon or? Yeah, I'm actually preaching uh, in February, three Sundays. I'll be preaching through the book of Philemon at uh, Rockford Springs Community Church. Philemon, yes. And he, and he's a good preacher, and, and, and praise the Lord for that. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me see. I You know, we usually have some questions here. You know, usually when two guys start talking about the Lord and providence, <laughs> the time just goes, right? But um, mm-hmm. I, I think about And one thing Ben said that's really interesting Notice this. This is crazy. So here we are working, working at this bookstore and this bookstore don't even exist anymore. Can you believe that God used that bookstore for that period of time, for such a time as this, to bring you back to where, you know, being a lost sheep, so to speak, that Mm -hmm. 99, the things he will do. I don't think we we don't know enough how God controls this whole world. You know, and now that bookstore, uh, those are exempt. You can't find them nowhere. In fact, Ben, I got a call last night about somebody that just wrote a book and they wanted to know if I can go to the old bookstore where we worked mm. and try to you know, get the book introduced. But the bookstore does not. And just think about this, Ben. Think about this. And I, I, I know maybe I'm, I'm jumping off a cliff a little bit, but just think about that, that God opened up that business that whole business for the years, for such a time as this, just to get you where you needed to be. I mean, can you imagine that? If, if that's the case, we don't know that for sure, but it, who knows? That's the God we serve. Well, what God has done, he's, he's always using things that we don't expect to bring about his glorious ends. Uh, and, you know, whether, whether or not I am a pastor or I'm a custodian, which that's probably that's probably the second best job I've ever had. Um, but whether you know whether I'm any of these things, whether I'm working at a bookstore or working in a call center, um, the aim of God's providences is never to bring me to Grand Rapids or to Puritan Reformed or to Casa Grande or any place or for anything or to get me a wife or yada yada. It's always for His glory. Amen. And Amen. It would have been. It would have been it would have been completely just for God when I had stopped my, had stopped believing in him to send me straight to hell. And that's a hard truth. And it's true, but it's not the whole truth. 
the other half of the truth is that he's merciful as well. And through the most cruel and unjust moment in history, when Jesus Christ was crucified, he brought about the ultimate providence of his glory Amen. by redeeming for himself people like us who constantly doubt, constantly say, Lord, I'm going to go my own way and I'm going to separate from your church. Well, I don't need your church. I can do it on my own. But the Lord graciously saves people like me. Yeah, I think that's all. You know, I, it, it's funny how, you know, it, it's great how you're just talking about this because, you know, when we do get saved, it's this is what happened to me anyway. God starts kind of peeling layers from you. You know, like you says, it doesn't, you don't become, and obviously we're, we're flawed saints anyway, but but you, you notice that there's things that God will, in his timing, just start stripping from you, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, you know, whether it's, whatever it might be, me, it was obviously went to prison. I was telling Ben this morning on the phone, I says, yeah, Ben, I says, God brought you to Black Canyon City to a little church. Uh, to get saved or to come back where, where you were with the Lord and me, he had to send to prison for over 20 years. I says, man, that's, <laughs> I says, remember Ben, I said, I wish I could have switched with you. Yeah. I went to Black yeah. City. <laughs> but God just uses those things. Ben, mm-hmm. we're at about 22 minutes. So we're not going to get it. Ben, you mind coming back again? Absolutely. Yeah, you know why? Because I got some questions. Now that people know you and know where you're coming from, I think people can relate to you better now when you give your story. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so we're at about 22 minutes. I, I you got Give me like in a minute to, to explain to the audience how grateful you are for what God did for you. You probably need more in a minute, but that's all. <laughs> yeah, well, the Lord always gives us what we need. And he does not hide himself from us. We often hide ourselves from him. In fact, you look at what the very first reaction to sin was. It was that man hides from God. Amen. Adam, after he sins, he runs from God. He's ashamed. He says, Oh, now I can't make myself right before God. So I need to I need to run from him. And what does God do? God pursues him. God is what some others have called the hound of heaven. Mm. Once he has someone he intends to save, he will hunt them down to the like he did to you, buddy. Like he did to me. Yeah, Ben, this is this is you know, I when we talk like this, we're just having a conversation. You know, we, we're just sitting here having a conversation, talking about the Lord, because that's what we love to do, right, Ben? I mean, that's mm-hmm. what this is all about. And that is what street talk theology is all about, because we take theology and we bring it to the streets. Ben, you promise you'll come back and hang with us for another 25 minutes or what? You got it. Okay, listen, guys, we love you. May the Lord bless and keep you and shine his light upon you. Again, Street Talk Theology, Pastor Dominic Romaldi, uh, with my dear friend, Ben Campbell. We'll see you soon. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for Street Talk Theology with Pastor Dominic Grimaldi. You can visit Pastor Dom at Desert Sky Baptist Church at 891 West Corson Road, Casa Grande. And for more information, visit us online 
at www.desertskybaptist.org.